0: I'm here at 137 Films. And I'll let um, my interviewees inter, uh, introduce themselves in just a second. But this is a nonprofit production company based in Chicago that promotes science through storytelling. In 2008, they released a film called The Atom Smashers, all about physicists at Fermilab working to find the Higgs boson. In 2013, they put out The Believers, all about the two scientists who, wrongly, claimed to have discovered cold fusion in 1989. And their next project, currently in post-production, is called We Believe in Dinosaurs, all about Noah's Ark, creationism, and America's troubled relationship with science. And just so you know who I'm talking to, I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: I'm Monica Long Ross, and I'm co-director and co-producer of the film We Believe in Dinosaurs.
2: And I'm Amy Ellison, and I'm co-producer of We Believe in Dinosaurs.
0: So let me ask you both, How? what's the genesis of this film? Why this subject? Because you, you focused on Ark Encounter, the Noah's Ark theme park in Kentucky. What led you to say, okay, this could be the subject of a documentary?
1: I think that it starts way back when we were doing the Atom Smashers, and we started around 2004. And... Uh, Along in our shooting of that film, we heard about Dover was happening, and um, intelligent design was a a dressed-up version of creationism that uh, the group was trying to get into the schools. And so we started asking the physicist, which wasn't really part of our story, what do you think about this? (laughs) And so ever since then, we have been in following that creationist movement. And when we heard that the head of the Creation Museum in Kentucky was going to build this 510-foot Noah's Ark <laughs> uh, with the express purpose of debunking evolution... We knew it was our story to tell because we do stories about the intersection of culture and science. And And if you're
0: interested in 2004, I mean, that's before even the Creation Museum opened.
1: That is true. So you saw that
0: opening. You saw how that was going, too. It
1: was going on at that time. And so we were talking about, I can remember um, on Science Friday, they were talking about a new definition of science. And people were already talking about science versus opinion, and and the th- kind of things and historical and observational,
0: exactly. So
1: it was in the back of our mind. We were working yeah. on other things, but then when we heard about the plans to build the ark, and we'd already heard about the Creation Museum, we said, "Okay, I think this is our story to tell." So we started looking at it.
0: So when I heard about this film, the first question, the first thing that popped into my head is, "You you have access to Ken Ham? You have access to answers in Genesis? And one of the subjects of your film is someone." who is working on like the displays in the, the Ark Encounter attraction, what did you say to Ken Ham that says, okay, come on in, go ahead and film it? I know he loves publicity on this stuff, but how did you get in? Because my guess, this is where, I'm sure if you said we're documentary filmmakers, we're curious, we want in, that's not an issue. But if you look at the resume of the film company, I mean... You guys are on the side of science, or as I call it, you know, real science or whatever. That's not his wheelhouse. So, I mean, did you have to do anything weird to get him to say yes?
2: Well, it wasn't actually Ken Ham that gave us mm. the go-ahead initially. It was Mark Loy, who is sort of in charge of um, publicity and public relations. I think he's the communications director at Answers in Genesis. And we had gone to a conference um, that was the International Conference on Creation Science in Pittsburgh, and that was actually what started us on this whole journey three years ago this past September. And there we met Georgia Purdom, who is a staff scientist for Answers in Genesis. And One the of creation their PhDs Museum. that yeah. they love to tout. One of the PhD scientists, yeah. Um, and so we met her there, and I think in going to that Creation Science Conference and talking to people there and covering people there, we made some connections, although we never... Misrepresented who we were. We always gave everyone our. Um, we we always gave them our website. We always told them that we made films about science. We pointed them to where they could find our films, and in some of the initial questions that we asked, people said. And when they found out that one of our films had been on PBS, they would say, "Oh well, at least <laughs> if it's on PBS, you might." <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you might give us a fair shot or something <laughs> along those lines. So yeah, as opposed to what? What would be? Background. What would be
0: a? Uh, Where would this be published or or aired where they would say, oh, well like HBO or something, they'd be like, well, no, thank you.
1: No, there are very many creationist um, sites on the internet, Mm -hmm. and there are videos that you can purchase, and AIG puts out many videos, so there was a, in their minds, they wanted to clarify, were we creationists making a video, and that would be for their own, for their own use. Right, it's not going to be
0: seen beyond that, really. Exactly,
1: and we said we were secular filmmakers, Mm -hmm. and that our company was 137 Films, and we Were very open about checking out our website. We handed out our card. Um, but yes, there is a difference between where we might put this film sure. and where they might put their films.
2: And I think that the PBS question, just to them, signaled, I don't know if it signaled greater fairness than something mm-hmm. like HBO, which sometimes does go for more um, first-person or, or uh, more appointed yeah. kinds of like point of view. Um, I, I think a lot of people still had in their mind religious by Bill
0: Maher. <laughs> because that As came out at sort of the time, you're probably asking <laughs> around about this. <clears throat> right,
2: so it, that was kind of the film, and he, he spoke to Ken Ham in that film, and so I think many of them still had that in their memory banks. For which the kind of which memory.
0: always made me laugh, because it's like, you're inviting Bill Maher, you're, you're talking to Bill Maher, what did you think was going to happen? But okay, But okay, so they say yes, and I know at this point, you're not sure where the film is going, you just know it's an interesting story, you want to get them on camera, Um, At what point do you realize where you think the story's going to go? And I don't think we've talked... What is the story about? Like, at what point does that crystallize for you as filmmakers, as producers...
1: Well, we set out not to make religious. But we set Religulous, out to make... Religious? Yes. I can't even, I can't even <laughs> say even. You're not it. trying to mock them. <laughs> I am not. Right. I'm not. I can't even say the name. But um, we set out to be very fair and to really ask the question, who are the creationists and what do they believe? And why do they want all of America to believe with them in order to build this um, theme park that they want all Americans with billboards all over the country? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we set out uh, documentaries, you know, that you're, we were telling the story of the building of the Ark, and we know, knew that we had credible access that we and and they are very open that was surprising they're very willing to have people come in and they let us in and we watch the design and we watch the announcement and um and we followed the designers when they were up against the clock and trying to figure it out. Uh, we knew we were going to be there opening day, and in, on opening day we had three crews. One was <laughs> inside the Ark, one was outside the Ark, um, watching the parking lot and the people coming in, and another crew was at the protests, which yeah. were also <laughs> there. So uh, we knew that the story is, and is going to be, um, the building of the Ark and um, what the goal of the ark is and what their beliefs are. And then we go along and we meet scientists, and we met a pastor, a Baptist pastor, who uh, was fighting the um, tax incentives.
0: Yeah, which Um, we'll talk about in a second.
1: Right. So the story becomes richer, uh, the story becomes, um, and we met people in Williamstown who thought that th- there was going to be a great um, economic boon. And they were told there was going to be a great economic boon. It's part of the so reason
0: they said yes to building the Ark in their community. They mm-hmm. thought they would get all these jobs. They thought mm-hmm. there would be a lot of tourism in the area. That's so, right. yeah, definitely that's a different part of the storyline to the Ark.
1: Exactly. And so so that's the story of the building of the Ark, the reaction to the Ark, um, the political fallout from the Ark. Um, and then thematically, what it comes out to be is this American uh, uh, war with evolution and um, the troubled relationship that America has with, from science deniers of all kinds, um, it, 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 um, this story resonates with all of that, with, with what's happening as the way, are we, are we? there's lots of research to show that we we're not trusting scientists as much and science as we used to. So it really is that story of why is this happening now?
0: And it's almost emblematic of kind of what we're seeing on a higher level now. I mean, a lot of Donald Trump's appointees have been pointed out as these are people who are climate change deniers, evolution deniers. I mean, this is a very anti-science administration. But one question I do have is when you're coming up with the documentary, starting it off, you said the Creation Museum had not yet been built. Dover case is still kind of happening. But now it seems that, you know, the legal challenges for intelligent design creationism, those are pretty much done. I mean, the Dover case really put a stop to a lot of those challenges. There are some legislative things trying to change it, but I haven't heard that many court cases about, oh, they're pushing intelligent design. And I'm wondering if there's a difference between when the Creation Museum opened in, what, 07, versus now, almost a decade later, where, I don't know, to me the arc almost felt like it, was, it wasn't a threat to the scientific establishment. But the Creation Museum was more of a concern, I think, in the atheist circles I was in. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that.
1: Well, there was a movement, you know, with Dover to get Creation into the schools. Mm -hmm. And the court cases were... Definitive on that, um, supposedly. Yeah.
2: But this is
1: it, it, what's interesting to us is that you know if creationism was in the church, it wouldn't be our story to tell. Right. That 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 isn't what we're interested in. Nor is you know there are religious rights in this country, but when you take it into museums, and the Creation Museum is the most sophisticated in the United States, but there are
0: in terms of
1: of technology, mm-hmm. interactivity, the aesthetics of it, the cost of the building, and they want to make it uh, equal to the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: they the staff w- that they hire in order to kind of justify what they're saying by saying we have scientists that are backing right. us up on this information. Because
0: mm-hmm. they do have PhDs on their staff on the board or whatever. So,
1: but it's not the only one, and right. there are 14 or 15 <laughs> we've lost count of other um, creation museums, and more on the books that are fundraising for that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we can't get it in the schools. Therefore, we will have another avenue for our beliefs. And it becomes um, creation museums that are open to the general public. And with the billboards and and, and the money spent on PR, there's definitely a move to get everybody into the uh, Creation Museum and the Ark.
0: Well, and to follow up on that, I remember when I was there for the protests in 07 when the Creation Museum opened, the argument was not against creationism. Like you said, if they want to do this in the church, that's their business. We don't care. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, our biggest objection is they're calling this a museum uh, as if it has some scientific merit, as if this is a science museum, which it wasn't. And that was the argument the atheists were making at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so anyway, the Noah's Ark thing, when you guys actually... So you were there as it was being built, as it was being created. Did you see anything strange when it actually opened compared to what you saw? Or was it exactly as you expected? Yeah, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what the exhibits are like. Uh, or did you see anything that you didn't expect when it actually opened?
1: I think that the the uh, science is pretty much the same in the museum as it is in the Ark. I, I think that watching them build the the animals because they teach that there are certain kinds right. you know as opposed to to evolution, and and then they it, how many people how many animals they could get on the ark. I think that some of that science um, and the look of the animals was surprising to us. I think it was surprising to the believers who were going into into the ark. Um, but no, it pretty much is uh, I would say that the future um, of the Ark and what they have planned is kind of interesting, that I didn't think that they would be building a Middle Eastern city, mm-hmm. a town that's going to rival the Disneyland, um, what do they call the Disneyland one? Uh, well, I,
2: th- I think that they're just thinking of it as a Disneyland-type attraction yeah. where it's going to be like a, you know, a village, and they're going to have the Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. and they're going to have just a whole, um, a whole expansion of different... They're going things. to have some of the sin,
1: <coughs> as, as yeah. you'll see yeah. in our, our movie, uh, that caused God to, to get angry and destroy the earth.
0: I think based on the pictures I saw, my favorite exhibit in there was the this is how Christians teach about Noah's Ark, but these are the fake representations because it looks cartoony. The animals would never fit on about they, this size. Yeah. They're was, mad about other Christians. That was absolutely
2: <laughs> my favorite part of it, too, because when you go in, they're very angry at the storybook depictions of Noah's Ark. And when you go into that display, and they do have multiple really cute... Um, very infantilized sort of versions of what's on the Ark and the people on the Ark. All the stock
0: photo (laughs) images of Noah's Ark, like that makes them angry because they're like, well, this makes it look like a joke.
2: And then, but what they also have in there is that... All of the world was killed except for eight people. Like that is what we should all keep in mind: is that <laughs> this is about the just retribution of an angry God. And so that's there next to all of these adorable right. like pictures of, <laughs> of take no your kids, arc.
0: you'll love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so there is a lot of surprising things yeah. inside it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: where where's the title coming from? I believe in dinosaurs because believe, believe, believe we believe we believe in dinosaurs. Well, I mean, like I believe in dinosaurs. Believe and, or accept? Right. This is a question I had. Like, mm-hmm. who are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Who's saying we believe in dinosaurs? Is we, it the word believe? Is it?
1: About one of accepting? the designers actually said, says that in the film. Okay. We believe in dinosaurs, and we thought that would be a very good title for this. <laughs> because scientists, of course, we had one scientist hear the title and said, I don't like the word believe in right. that. I don't believe in evolution. don't believe they accept. And we right. said, well, we know That's the point of the title, that this is part of their belief system. But the (laughs) dinosaurs have to fit that pattern. They they have to have lived at the same times as humans. (laughs) And um, they had to be on Noah's Ark.
0: Flintstones is a documentary. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) we've heard it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One of the things that Ken Ham said in a recent newspaper article about this film, um, he hasn't seen it because you guys aren't even done with it, But when he, I guess, heard about the film, he said, you guys were, quote, you were not telling the truth when you said you would be fair or accurate. And I wonder what your response was to that.
2: Well, it's interesting because he said, based on public comments from the filmmakers, and we have not really made any (laughs) public comments that he would be able to parse in that way. Um, And... On our release, it does say that we will, to the best of our ability, use the footage in an honest way. Um, The the word fair kind of keeps getting used, and um, I think that the word fair has sort of lost a sense of meaning, because certainly in the media, people use the word fair sometimes in order to create false equivalencies, like, "Let's, let's give fair and equal time to this to the alt right or whatever. Right, yeah. when there's just no consensus in, you know, the, the in, in scientific consensus or political consensus um, around some of these issues and there really isn't an equivalency at all. And so what he's asking for is that we be completely in his corner as opposed right. to just as Monica often says, holding up a mirror to what's happening, and I think that that's what the footage does, is it just holds up a mirror to and what's this is happening.
0: And this is a criticism that uh, Ken Ham also said, oh, this isn't a documentary, it's a mockumentary, but the thing is, like you said, if you're holding up a mirror to creationists, and this is what I hear from a lot of atheists, all you have to do is quote them verbatim and they make themselves look bad, but that is fair. I mean, this is what you said. This is, I mean, if we're just holding the mirror to you and you don't like the way you see it, that's not your fault.
1: And and we've never set out to make fun of anyone. Right. That's right. kind of that, That's too facile. That's too easy to laugh that off and not be thinking about it. So we are not being. We're, we're doing no ridicule, nor do we have any rancor with these people. Um, we want to be fair, and we, want, we gave them, and I would tell them, this is your chance to tell me what, what is the answer to this question, and why do you believe this, and who are you? Mm-hmm. And, but I don't think we can put out a film as, even though we are going to feel like we are, are fair, I yeah. mean, we believe in evolution, we accept evolution, <laughs> let me say it that way, right. um, but we, I don't think we can please Ken Ham. I don't, I think that he... Well, I don't think is, Ken
0: Ham can be pleased unless you said he's totally right, which isn't yes, how documentaries unless work.
2: unless we, yeah, and we, <laughs> we're not making that film. One of right. us gave a testimony at the end of the film that we had been convinced <laughs> by <laughs> creation science.
0: Oh my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Um Let's talk about some of the other serious issues that you mentioned, one of which is when this park, I mean, let's talk about the tax incentives first. This is a park that will ultimately cost like more than $100 million by some estimates. Um, and I wonder, and $18 million, up to $18 million, the state of Kentucky has ruled, it's gone through the legal process. They are just, if I have this right, they're calling it a tourism attraction, Not a Christian one, but a tourism attraction. And because of that, if they get a certain amount of sales, the state will give them some of the money back up to $18 million if they can get enough attendance there. Um, What sort of conflicts did you see as you were filming this about that issue? Because from my perspective, as we were covering it on the site and stuff, the argument was this is basically $18 million the state of Kentucky is giving to Christians because they shouldn't get any tax break, even if it's, hey, we raised this money, now the state's giving us some of it back. It uh, doesn't matter. It they're a, they're a religious organization doing this religious thing. It's on them to raise the money and do it. And I wonder what sort of discussions you witnessed. That uh, I don't know if you had any internal Answers in Genesis discussion about this as the lawsuits were going on.
2: Uh, well, well, I know that their answer to this is that it's not, um, it's not a tax break, or it's not, uh, it's not tax money that's being given to us. That was always their response to it. That the incentive is somehow a different thing, but it's still money that's not going to the state that right. would have gone to the state. So, by and any other that's name, always
0: been the atheist. Specific. We know the state's not giving you money that you weren't going to get right. in the first place. This is money you raise through ticket sales, but now you're getting it instead of it going to the state. Exactly, it's, you're it's getting essentially it. Essentially, the it. same
2: thing. Right. Um, it's just that it happens through a different process. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think most people um, that we have spoken to who have been protesting it agree with sort of what your position is. But their their position is always, this is money that would go to any tourist attraction, and we're just like any tourist attraction, and we're helping the, s- the state of Kentucky by bringing these people here. They'll be spending money in restaurants and hotels, and they will be improving the local economy. And so this is a way that we can you know get some of that money back so that we can continue to invest in... that economic infrastructure around the park. Um, But still... It's getting money back from the state that would be going um, to, to this, promote to the state a Christian worldview.
0: This particular Christian worldview, and view. they
2: they openly discriminate in their hiring, right? And that's, that's I mean. a huge problem because right. you have to sign a statement of faith in order to be employed there. And they're not hiring Jewish people. They're not hiring so, Muslims. <laughs> you know, that that <clears> on <throat> the issue of discrimination alone, it seems as though the idea of getting these they things aren't, aren't up hiring the gay state people. Right. They
1: aren't is,
2: hiring is Catholics.
0: So this was one of the this is yeah. the other another issue which is when they went to the city of Williamstown saying we want to build this here but they need the approval from the people in the town basically they said we're going to have all these jobs available you will get access to these jobs which is great that sounds great on paper and like you said they have to sign the statement of faith which is very very strict you have to accept creationism you can't be young LG- earth yes. You have to accept yes. that
2: the earth was created in six 24 hour days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You can't be LGBT friendly or support it publicly or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. so it is discriminatory. That was another reason they didn't want the tax break going. The atheist side didn't want the tax break going there either. But this cuts out a lot of the Williamstown people. I wonder if you. Heard anything from the people in Williamstown who felt maybe duped after all this came out?
1: The the we talked to the head of the chamber of commerce. We talked to the the publisher of the newspaper. We talked to a a, a shop owner there, and at the time, uh, this was around the opening in July, and we will be going back. But uh, they were they were very enthusiastic, and so they were loath to talk about. These kinds of things that might prevent it from being successful, because it really, the stakes are very high for William, Williamstown. They have a lot of unemployment, and for the whole county there, they need they need it to be successful. Sure, and they were a lot of to business owners are depending on. So if you bring it. up those kinds of issues, they kind of shrug it off. They don't they don't want to at the time didn't want to answer it because they were thinking jobs and they were thinking maybe we can save our town, you know? And
0: perhaps even now that they're not going to get the jobs in uh, Ark Encounter... But the hotels they're building around it, the restaurants they're building around it, those are still fine, but right. they need Arc Encounter to be yeah. successful to make those businesses successful. So maybe they don't want to like, okay, maybe we were duped, but but we, we need it to succeed. I think
1: we have to understand the 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 stakes for them. Mm-hmm. And and we did. We tried to understand where they were coming from. We asked you know, Ken Ham got asked around, uh, that question over and over again by the media, and we covered the media asking that <laughs> question, you know. Um, and he had a very good pat answer, which, you know, Amy summarized there. And uh, so he got to answer that, and, and AIG in general has answered that, and they've had blogs about that. And, and if I have
0: it right, their response is, look, this is a Christian attraction. We're allowed to hire our, as our ministry sees attraction. fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tourist attraction, and they say we're bringing tourists mm-hmm. into into Kentucky, and we deserve this,
2: and so that's also, their answer. They but also they talk didn't out of two sides of their mouth at the same time because on the one hand, it's like we're a tourist attraction for everybody, and we're making all this money for everybody. Therefore, we should get the tax incentives from the state. Right. However, you have to respect our you know particular religious point of view and you have to let us hire exactly who we want to hire so right. it's really like they're they're They trying want the tax breaks th- from
0: the state that other tourist attractions get even though they want to discriminate in a way only a ministry could do right. so they're not playing by the same rules as no, other No they're not. No. <laughs> Six Flags doesn't get that that little no, break. No.
1: There. No, they're not.
0: Um and also I don't think they mentioned I I only found out about this after the Ark was built and stuff. If you're one of the fundamentalist Christians who gets hired by Answers in Genesis to work at Ark Encounter, a portion of your paycheck is being taken out to go, uh, I can't remember the specifics there, but like 2% of their checks, I believe, go to either Ark Encounter or maybe, uh, but I don't think it's Williamstown. So,
1: no, I well, think I I think I read about that, that, but um, I didn't but understand it. The, <laughs> the, point,
0: the point being, what they were promised to get the approval to build Ark Encounter is very different from what the people in Williamstown are seeing now, after it's been built. It will
1: be
2: interesting to see if they're willing to talk about it now, Mm -hmm. you know? And one of the things that I recall is when we were talking to a townsperson the last time we were there, right before the Ark opened, um, she was really um, caught up in a sense of nostalgia about what her town used to be, and how bustling it used to be, and how people used to shop downtown, and there was a whole community of people that would greet each other, and she was really hoping for that to return. And that there was kind of that was the promise of the Ark Encounter for her was that her town would have this resurgence, and there would be the the heart of it would be restored. And right it only opened said.
0: in uh, July. Mm-hmm. Is there any sign of that bustle coming back? Because there's been a lot of public debate about what the attendance numbers are like. There's no official number. They kind of give rounded estimates to the media, but. I don't know if it's what Williamstown expected if it's lower if they're well, seeing any of all the all we can muscle.
1: All, all we can speak to is one individual who just reported to me recently that they Williamstown is not seeing anything yet, and he's still thinking. Well, maybe when the hotels, maybe even the restaurants, when come. the
0: community builds the restaurants right. and hotels, I, yes,
1: and maybe that will bring more jobs, and maybe we'll see. Yeah. I, but he said, not yet. We're not. We're not seeing it.
2: Most of the hotels and restaurants that are being utilized are in a place called Dry Ridge, which is just a few miles down mm-hmm. the interstate, and so it's it's sort of in places that already had established hotels, and those seem to be being used to the extent that it doesn't seem like, and they're kind of. Um, a cost-benefit analysis for opening new hotels that there need to be new ones yet. Mm -hmm. So so I think it's yet to play out,
1: and we are going to be watching that.
0: Yeah, I am too. And my concern always, in terms of the people of Williamstown, is just like the Creation Museum, uh, this is always the theory I was working off of, just like the Creation Museum, Ark Encounter is one of those things. I mean, one, it's a Creation Museum. It's not like the exhibits really change over time. And the other thing is, I mean, over winter, I don't know that a lot of kids are coming or their families are coming. And once you've seen it once, there's not necessarily an incentive to go back. It's not like Six Flags as a tourist attraction. Like, once you've seen it, you're not really learning anything new the next time you go back. So, I don't know that the attendance is going to suddenly pick up after this thing has been around for a while to justify it. Yeah, all we're going to have to
1: watch we'll that. We'll have to
0: watch that. Yeah. I Um, Let me go back to the movie for a second. You interview, or you focus on three specific subjects. Can you tell me about who they are, what role they play in all of this?
1: Okay, one of them is David, and David McMillan. He's a former creationist. He grew up... um, as a creationist, and he mowed lawns to raise money to build the creation museum. So, at a thousand dollars he raised, he got his lifetime membership <laughs> card, which still works because we had him go back in with his membership <laughs> card. Um, he went through college and was a physics major.
0: Secular college or Christian? College? Uh, Christian college,
1: okay. um, and and then to a secular college, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but it took him a long time, and he talks about that—that that his journey out of creationism. Uh, at many times, was reluctant because you, it is a—it's a family kind of feeling. It is your tribe. It is some place where you belong. So it's not. Easy, And that's one thing that David represents in the film, that it's caused some problems for him and in his life. And it is not an easy journey out. Yeah, but his brain was working um, and he did a great deal of reading. He's a very intelligent young man. And he, it just started not adding up.
0: Is he still a Christian, just not a uh, creationist? He says, yes,
1: he is. He says, "I'm a Christian without the creationism." Yeah. Um, so he is. Um, and then there is, uh, I had uh, Dan David is another and one. Dan, mm-hmm. who's the uh, paleontologist. He's a geologist, but he's head of the Kentucky Paleontology Society, and he is a long time resident of Kentucky. His family goes back to the time of Daniel Boone. And he cares very much about the state of Kentucky. And he's one of the only scientists we could find in the state of Kentucky who would speak about this. and the truth is that was a surprise to us but that it, more
0: scientists weren't speaking out about this
1: well th- and there's all kinds of reasons we we ran into those reasons whether they're they're fearful for their jobs or they're f- fearful for their institution because their funders come from the general community who might be either creationists or sympathetic to the creationists and the Ark and the Creation Museum. And so they're afraid to say things for fear that they they will harm their their museums and their universities, and so it was very difficult. That's a so, valid
0: point to be made, that they don't want to come off as anti-Christian.
1: Exactly. Because those
0: are the very people they're trying to reach in a lot of cases anyway, especially yeah. in Kentucky.
2: Right, so exactly, sure. and in the, in the greater Cincinnati area, yeah. all, all over there. And the Creation Museum and just the apparatus of Answers in Genesis, they do a great job of, of being on the defensive and always being somebody who they're... Um, they're always being attacked, or as they as they perceive it or as they present it, they're always sort of being attacked. And so because of that, they're able to um, constantly be on the attack. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean,
0: this we call it the persecution complex uh-huh. on the yeah. website. And yeah. so any, oh, here's a documentary, but it doesn't say we're right. They're part of the problem. We got to go after that. Well, yeah,
1: and they'll go after local scientists, and oh yeah. they'll go after local yeah. um, natural history museums. So yeah. they'll so go after careful.
0: bloggers too. Oh, <laughs> yes. So
1: Dan is our yes. is our hero. That's he, awesome. He's, so he's,
0: he's a scientist who will speak out against what the Creation Museum and, cares, and the Ark Encounter is doing. And,
1: and he cares about Kentucky, which was yeah. really important to us to and have someone and Williamstown yeah. and the whole area there that he comes from. And uh, the third is Doug. And Doug is a designer at the Creation Museum, and he was one of the head designers, or he led the team of the designers of the animals for the Ark. Um, he's, he's meticulous and, and a real artist, and he put a great deal of himself and long hours into this, and he is totally a believer mm-hmm. in creationism. Um, so he has art, and he has belief, and he's putting it for the greater glory of God, is what he would say.
0: One question I had about, uh, what was his name again? Doug? Doug. One question I had for, uh, about Doug is, you see him in the, the trailer you guys released a little bit of, uh, of him doing what he does. I've seen some of it on Answers in Genesis. their publicity materials, too. And you're absolutely right. It looks like this guy's supremely talented. And even in the Creation Museum, yes, the displays are top-notch. They look great. What does he do after this thing opens? Like, how much stuff is he still making after those initial displays are out there? Because, again, how much of this is being added? I know you said there is some stuff they're building down the road. It's not totally done yet. But at some point, doesn't, isn't he putting himself a bit out There was that job? was
2: unfinished okay. <laughs> by the time that the arc opened. So uh, they, they still had a, a long list of things they wanted to complete. And they're, in, in terms of getting people to come back, I think they're planning on performances. I think they're opening a theater. I think that they're they're planning on because they had entertainment on Ark. that's right <laughs> uh, well certainly in the certainly in the the, the villages um, that Predated Noah's Ark. That was yeah. entertainment happening. So, um, so yeah, they're gonna. They're, I think they're gonna have characters walking around and talking to people. Um, they have the zoo. They have the zipline. So, uh, well, and he yeah. he
1: designed the uh, the new Allosaurus um, exhibit at the museum. And he told us I, we asked him what was next, and he said they're expanding the museum. They're putting in a, a whole new building that he will be helping design. Okay.
0: So, one of the things if you go to your IndieGoGo Go Go page and you see the the trailer you guys put up there, it opens up with uh, Morgan Spurlock, the documentarian who talks about, hey, I'm working with this crew. It's a great film. You guys should fund it. How did you get his involvement in all this?
1: Well, um, it's very serendipitous because, in the long story, I'll try to make it short. Clayton was Airbnbing his place. Clayton Brown, he's the co-director. co-director with with he couldn't be here today. <laughs> he couldn't yeah. be yeah. here today. But Clayton Brown was uh, Airbnbing his place, and he there was uh, to a woman who's had a good friend and said uh, here in Chicago, and said. Um, or in town, and said, come have beers with us. And that woman turns out to work for Indiegogo. And Uh we were going to do a different site, but she talked us into Indiegogo. She said, I want you to do Indiegogo. So we didn't know that Indiegogo and Morgan Spurlock's company, Warrior Poets, were starting this new collaboration and a new project, and they were looking for a film. And when we pitched the film to Indiegogo, he he said, I'm going to get back to you because I'm going to pitch it to Morgan Spurlock, which we thought, well, that's wow. interesting. And so, and that's the guy who
0: did Supersize Me, did a couple other big documentaries that yes, got a lot of and, publicity. and has
2: television shows. Yeah, and, and is, um, yeah 30 so,
0: Days, 31 Days, whatever that was. The Greatest
2: Story never, never, sold. Sold. never Sold. Never yeah. Sold. The Greatest Story Never Sold. I
1: mean,
0: things people yeah. have heard of and maybe seen. I mean, Absol- yeah,
1: Absolutely. So they had this collaboration going on. And when uh, Morgan Sverlock heard about our, uh, our film, he was very interested. So over a sp- f- uh, series of weeks when we were talking to him, suddenly we are the first film chosen for <laughs> this collaboration between Indiegogo and Warrior Poets. That's and so And we nice. have Morgan Spurlock on Warrior board.
2: Poets is Morgan Spurlock's production company mm-hmm.
0: that that is in awesome. New York. Very serendipitous indeed. Mm-hmm. Must have been God. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a question, as someone who doesn't know much about the film world or something... Um, I have seen... I mean, your film and other films are on Indiegogo or other sites, and they, they're they raising money for post-production, sometimes even just give us the money to get off the ground so we could start filming and give us the time and luxury to do it. Uh, what happened... One, what happens if you don't make the money for post-production? I mean, I know you hope that doesn't happen, and we'll have the link so people can donate on this on the show notes for us. But, like, one, what happens if you don't get that money? And two... Uh, what happened before these sites existed? How would, would you get money? Or were people just not making these films because they couldn't get access to it?
2: You know, there's a there are a lot of different currents that sort of contribute to that. Um, one of them is the fact that um, there is less and less public money available for making films. Um, you know, it's sort of... You can kind of track it along... Um, with uh, the, the the arts foundations um, so grants the, you grants. might get from these yeah. organizations because uh, you know up. in terms of like there's narrative film and there's documentary film and narrative film has usually gone after backers people that will actually put forth money as an investment to try to get their money back um, if the money if the if the film makes it to a theater but documentaries have gone sort of a different route and they have gone um, have often used uh, grants and foundations in order to raise money for themselves but as that money has gotten smaller and smaller And that foundation money has that pot has gotten smaller. Then um, some creativity has come into play. Social media has played a huge role in being able to get ideas out to the public, and so. Platforms like Indiegogo have really capitalized on that to get that out there. So I think before people would kind of go and, and individually raise money with their family and friends, you know, max out their credit cards, yeah. um, they might be able to get fiscal sponsorship with a nonprofit who would help them get grants. Um, and nowadays um, there is kind of a proliferation of uh, of media content out there. So there's, uh, but at the same time, there's no shortage of platforms to put it on. So there's been an explosion in two ways. One is the ways to see. The, all of this media and the other is the fact that so much of it's being made right there's probably, so many documentaries uh, I can't uh, even watch them all really, at this point there uh, aren't enough streams of money that right. were there previously to cover all of them so now that's sort of being absorbed by um, the crowdfunding phenomenon sure
0: and if people do want to donate for this film uh, what is the website the best way for them to give
2: Um, The best way to give uh, is to go to Indiegogo and just plug in We Believe in Dinosaurs, and you'll be able to find it that way. You can also go to our website, which is uh, www.137films.org, and we have a link there. And you can also find out more about our films there, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Fantastic. And when do you hope, uh, let's say you raise all the money you need, when would you hope this is going to be out somewhere in some capacity for people to see?
1: Hope is a good word but <laughs> we have we have um, real concrete plans. For this to be done in the spring of 2017, so we are moving towards that point. And uh, you said, what would happen if we didn't yeah. raise the the money? Um, I'm not going to even go there because we are going happen. to raise right. the money. <laughs> we'll just keep plugging on. I, it just takes us more time when sure. you can't when you can't raise the money or the money take you know go slower then it takes you more time. And And you may have
0: to find sources, sourcing elsewhere, and that takes away time editing, maybe. And And we'd really like to
2: be able to find the money now because this story seems so relevant to what's happening. Um, You know, we were talking about the alt-right and the fact that for many years it didn't seem like media was covering sometimes their protests or their meetings because they just weren't taken seriously, and now here they are. Right. um, Sort of bonding together and creating a, a, a sort of greater... Um, force than was expected, and I think the same is true of creationism. Um, people have sort of laughed it off in the past, and now as it sort of enters the new administration in a couple of ways, Ben Carson, Mike right. Pence, then... I mean, it, there
0: are creationists uh, who may very well be in the highest yeah. levels of government. Right, right. right.
2: there's going to be creationists right. in the White House. Right. There
0: yeah.
1: is, and so the sto- this is a story for now, right. and so we, we feel an urgency to get this film funded now so that we can get it out by the spring.
0: And I have one last question for you, which is, if, if this film is out there, it, it is exactly the way you want it to be, what do you hope is the takeaway from people who watch it? What do you hope they, they think about when they, leave, when they turn off the TV, leave a theater, whatever it is?
1: Our goal is always to enter the conversation on science and to perhaps this particular film is, is more along the lines of sounding an alarm and I think that I would want people to talk about what the ramifications are for science. And if we are holding a mirror up to a certain culture, that's, that's a, a mirror to America as well. So we elected a president who has been called the first anti-science president in the history of the United States. He selected a vice president who has openly spoke against evolution. That's us. Mm-hmm. And so I think we want to enter the conversation on that and start people thinking about what is creationism and how does it affect science? Yeah. And, and do we... I think that we have to go back to the separation of church and state. I think it's a, a very sacred document, and I think uh, and we have to start thinking about that. Or dogma. Yeah. <laughs> a belief.
0: I mean, people forget that the this isn't a fringe group. They represent the beliefs of a good chunk of the American public. Whether or not those, that chunk of people will say, oh, yeah, I love Ken Ham. They may not know he exists. But that belief that the Earth is under 10,000 years old, that we were created in our present form, that belief is held by a lot of Americans, like oh, more than a third, I think, closer to 50, maybe.
2: And the kind of, it, well, I, I think it's it sort of, it's there's sort of a, a pretty consistent line at around 40 to 45 yeah. percent. But I, I think one of the biggest issues for us, too, is that if they are able to create something that looks enough like science to people that can then, um, cause uh, people to doubt mainstream science, that's really problematic because we already have so much questioning of science. And um, when we can't share a reality around science and the natural world and how we affect it and how it in turn affects us, that's a problem.
1: And yes, and where are we going as far as science policy, science education, and critical thinking skills in this country? I think all of that is addressed in the film.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me. We'll have links to everything we talked about in the show notes. And please go support this film. It It looks like it's going to be really amazing.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.